Uh, as we said, the uh, new budget comes out tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon, the federal Liberals delivering the new budget. It's going to be closely watched for a number of different reasons. And we just you know, talked with uh, the NDP about how they fit into this under the new agreement that they've come up with the, with the Liberal Party, where they, they're expecting some concessions. They're offering their support of the budget, but they're expecting some concessions. Meanwhile, um, I tried to press them a bit on spending because before... The election, we had about $80 billion in new spending being promised by the Liberals. Now, granted, it'll be spread out over a few years. It's not all at once, but um, that has to be added into the budget. Then on top of that, you know what's gone on since then. We've had promises of even more spending. You know, we talked about pharmacare. We talked about dental care. We talked about housing. And, of course, defense spending was something else the Liberals are talking about. Spending, spending, spending. And we've talked a lot on this show about inflation, right? You know what's going on there. We haven't seen levels like this in 30 years. So that's a recipe for disaster, I think, given most conventional economics. But let's find out for sure. We're going to chat with Randall Bartlett, who's a senior director of Canadian economics at Desjardins. Randall, thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time. Oh, thanks for having me, Shane. Happy to be here. Now, I, I'm no economist, uh, but from my st- meager studies in this area, traditional economics would dictate that taking on more debt in a time of soaring inflation is probably a bad idea because the inflation will be tackled with interest rates. I mean, in terms of where we are right now, is taking on more debt and adding more spending contradictory to conventional thinking? Well, I think uh, there are a few uh, parts to that I might just unpack quickly. I mean, one of which is kind of the state of the economy matters a lot in terms of the impact of fiscal policy on the uh, on the economy and inflation overall. And I mean, to, to your point, where the Canadian economy is now, we're pretty much back at our yeah. trend level of economic activity. Inflation is high. The Bank of Canada is raising interest rates. And so certainly, you know, the impact of additional spending going into the economy at this point uh, has the potential to uh, to be inflationary. There's no question there at all. But when it comes to government spending, I mean, there are uh, you know di- different different avenues that they can spend that have different impacts on the economy as well, right? So if that money is being used to uh, invest in uh, you know roads and bridges and ports and that kind of thing that increase our long-term productivity growth, that actually t- tends to have the impact of reducing uh, or mitigating inflation over the longer term because it increases economic activity and uh, ultimately. Uh, you know, spurs our level of uh, a, a potential growth in the economy, which uh, which tends to be a positive and a bit of an offset to inflation over the longer term. Explain to me the debt to GDP ratio that we keep hearing about is sort of that's what we need to be looking at, not you know how much debt's coming on. It's debt to GDP. How does that work? So the way debt to GDP works is that uh, you know you accumulate debt in dollar terms, and so that you know keeps going up every year, uh, as you mentioned. And anytime you run a deficit, that number tends to go up. Um, but if that if your debt is rising more slowly than uh, your economy, which is your nominal GDP, which is the broadest measure kind of in your tax base, then uh, as a share of GDP, even though it's rising, it tends to go down because your GDP is rising faster, and that means it's still you're you're able to service that debt uh, every year more easily. Where it starts to become a concern is if that debt to GDP ratio was rising, because it means it's going up more quickly than your economy is, is increasing in size. Yeah. And so that if that continues through time, it becomes more challenging to service that debt. And Randy, that's where sort of, as we see this rebounding economy, that plays into the increase in spending and how this all balances out in the wash, hopefully, if you're the Liberals, um, because we are seeing the economy rebound. Is it rebounding enough to, to sort of absorb this, do you think? 
I mean, that's an open question, right? It's been, uh, you know, forecasting during the pandemic has been challenging and certainly it continues to be challenging coming out of it. A year ago, no economist would have told you that inflation was going to be where it is today. So it's, it's this unusual environment because of what's happening in supply chains, what's happening uh, in terms of uh, the pandemic itself and health measures, uh, and of course, uh, government spending as well and interest rates. So uh, certainly it's challenging, but we are seeing a rebound right now, both in terms of real GDP growth and inflation, both of which are positives for, uh, for government revenues. So they're going to get a bit of a windfall. I think that's, that's a given. Uh, our calculations show at other economists that because of the higher inflation, higher GDP growth, it's actually a windfall to government revenues and will actually put downward pressure on that debt-to-GDP ratio. The question is going forward, with the Bank of Canada hiking rates, yeah. what's going to be the impact on growth as we go forward? And ultimately, they're raising rates to combat inflation. So if inflation comes down and growth comes down substantially, uh, will that mean that additional spending measures layered on top of that outlook of a weaker economy uh, could potentially cause the debt-to-GDP ratio to fall more slowly, stagnate, or potentially even if there's enough spending in the hopper, uh, potentially even uh, increase over the longer term. How much would, um, yeah, I think we all expect, we all anticipate that interest rates are going to steadily climb throughout this year and probably for years after that. Um, How much of an increase um, before it starts to become something that really reshapes this calculation? Like we're hearing some people saying as many as four increases this year. Um, What kind of prediction do you have in terms of where we're going to go and what that might mean to the bottom line? Yeah, we're actually expecting to see that we're going to get, excuse me, a 50 basis point increase okay. in, uh, in April, which is the first time in 20 years. Uh, then we're expecting to see at subsequent meetings, we're going to see 25 basis point increases. So we'll ultimately get up to the point where uh, we think interest rates, the short-term interest rates of the Bank of Canada sets will rise to about 225 basis points, so 2.25% um, by, uh, by the early part of next year. Um, and then ultimately stay there until the Bank of Canada sees that inflation is under control and that um, the economy is cooled to the point that uh, then it will, it will uh, potentially start uh, easing up a little bit on the, uh, on the brake panel. But uh, certainly it could, uh, could hit as high as, as that uh, 2.25% uh, by the early part of next year. Uh, and given where we are today... Um, you know, that's, uh, that's about seven hikes that, uh, that continue to be baked in, or seven 25 basis points right. before we uh, get there. Okay, uh, a lot of info there. Randall, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you joining us. My pleasure. Thank you so much. You bet. That's Randall Bartlett, Senior Director of Canadian Economics at Desjardins. Everybody, uh, you know, in economics and politics sort of gearing up. It's like Oscar night. For people in those circles, we've got the federal budget tomorrow. And, you know, and as we've talked about and broken down pretty thoroughly here, it's an interesting budget this time around, uh, not just economically, but politically and not just because of what's happening here. I think a lot of people watching very closely to see what happens with the promise of getting defense spending back on track to um, some kind of meaningful um, spending level in terms of the obligations to NATO, right? The obligation to NATO is the 2%. Canada hasn't been there for a while. Uh, there has been, t- you know, there's been plans to increase, but it looks like those plans are being sped up dramatically in light of what's going on. So how does that change what's going on in the budget tomorrow? It's going to be a lot to break down on Friday for us, for sure.